The Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Mike'sArchery.com. They're a one-stop shop for virtually everything archery, bow hunting, and for your next outdoor adventure. Mike's Archery has been at the top of the archery game for over 50 years, and they want to give listeners of the Redneck Tech Podcast 10% off their entire online store using the code REDNECK10, all one word. Just put the code in before you check out, and your boys will hook you up. The guys at Mike's have always been good to us, and now they can be good to you too. Visit mikesarchery.com and get your gear now. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? All right, here we are. First things first, episode 128. And I have on here on the YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube Live, I completely screwed up Thomas's name. I've been calling him Clements Thomas this whole time because his his ad or his uh, Instagram handle is at Clements Thomas, but he, he sent a phone over here before we started. This says, Hey, my name's actually Thomas, <laughs> Thomas Clements, which I thought was odd, but that's my fault. So we have on the podcast today, Thomas Clements, of course, Ryer. And I said before in the live, apologize for our shirt. He said he does not apologize for his shirt. I apologize I for his shirt. And then Clay, who looks like, He's just not happy to be here with his his shirt buttoned all the way to the top button. So uh, here we are, and we have none zero planning for this podcast. We just uh, Clements came in today to look at some stuff that Thomas. Sorry, Thomas Clements. Yes, it is. It's gonna be screwed up this whole time because that's what I've referred to him as in my head for however long we've been talking. Just every time he says it wrong, I just go, Thomas, <laughs> Thomas. Well, he's going to have to do some voiceover work here in a minute. We're going to put him on the spot. No, we're going to put him on the spot. What do we do? We got a script? No, well, we oh, can find one. Me, oh, yeah, I don't know if y'all can do, do me like that. <laughs> well, how many have you ever done a podcast before? Is this your first one? I've done one before. Have you done one before? Yeah. Okay, so we're not taking your podcast virginity. So mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're a uh, veteran of this if you've already done one, right? Yeah, we'll we'll go with that. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, Thomas came up to the office uh, to look at some stuff to potentially work with us on some stuff this fall, and um, we're like, well, we've got time. It's Friday. We don't really feel like getting after it too hard today, even though we need to be because we're right in the middle of getting everything done for um, Huntmasters, and we're right in the thick of editing. And Ryer, I know, is waist deep in it. Clay is waist deep on trying to get the first episode of a web series that we're starting to get out, and we're still trying to figure out how to do that. So there's a ton of stuff going on here. Um, But when Thomas came in, I was like, well, let's do a podcast if you got time, and you ain't got nothing better to do today, so you might as well sit down and talk to us about outdoor content creation. So here we are. So... Tell us about yourself. I know you got into this industry in a very roundabout way, just like all of us did. I don't know of anybody that, which I don't even know if there is a direct way to get into the outdoor space, but you were kind of telling us a little bit of your story today at lunch. So kind of uh, tell the listeners kind of how you get in Cause that's the question we get all the time. Like, how do you get into this? And I'm like, well, there's not one way to do it. There's not, there's not here. You go see this guy, you know, take this class and you're in, there's no such thing. Cause I came in a very roundabout way. Ryer came in virtually by accident. <clears throat> Clay, I guess you're kind of by accident too, right? Um, just, well, I started wanting to do this, but I lived in Florida, and you can't do this in Florida, so it started <laughs> with weddings and real estate. Yep, 
the goal the whole time was. So I guess if anybody had a, a direct path, it would have been more you, I guess, with already yeah. doing weddings and stuff like that. Because I mean, I, I did feel weddings, like you but you had the direct path. Yeah, because you didn't do all the bull crap I did. Well, yeah. I before. Yeah, you you wanted to do something in the industry. Yeah, but then, I had no idea how. Yeah, but then you did the um, you did the article, and then they're like, "Here, make some hunting videos," and you did that, and then next thing you know, you're working at Sub Seven, and then I mean, before you even did that, was DRT was that before? That after? was during the whole thing. Was that before or after the article? After. Yeah. Well, so yeah, that was been after. Okay, so you went and filmed your own hunts. Did well, I didn't film my hunts. I well, filmed you everybody else's. Somebody's hunts. Yeah, and then went from there. I mean, I feel like that's the most, that's the most, like typical way to get into the hunting industry as a. We see a lot of rabbit holes, Thomas. If you haven't noticed, this is going to happen all podcast. Yeah. Well, that's I think that's the point of podcasting. Yeah. Thank more you. Interesting stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Rabbit holes. You, you go know what? Down when you ain't talking about. Yeah. Got, yeah. Clay really it. tries to stay too much on topic, and honestly, I think it's a buzzkill. You know what? Maybe if you went in a, in a rabbit hole every once in a while, you wouldn't have to button your top button like <laughs> a freaking stuck-up jerk. <laughs> so, anyway, getting yeah, back. Yeah, come at me again, Clay. See what happens. <laughs> getting back to the story. So, Thomas, how did you get into this? Well, uh, kind of like it. I just started filming my buddies and I uh, hunting with a GoPro and my my brother had a don't a say cheap, GoPro on this podcast. A cheap Nikon. <laughs> don't say Nikon either. <laughs> You're only allowed to say Sony FX3. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then uh, I grew up in the cattle industry, so I did a few farm pieces for some people. Some you know, like this is who we are. This is what yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. What we're doing, kind of just keep their brand alive and. And I enjoyed doing that. I did a little bit of sale videos for a friend of ours. And then uh, after college, I went to Missouri, thought I was going to work cows for a living and, and hunt ducks. And I realized that I wasn't going to have no time to do any of the hunting ducks. And mm-hmm. I got pretty homesick. And uh, See your homebody? Yeah. More like I just need I need to have my friends around. Like, yeah. I don't mind traveling. Yeah. I like to do that, but I, I need to be have good people around me yeah and I, it was it was pretty desolate out there oh, right, yeah. where i was so yeah women galore out there in the midwest too right oh yeah a bunch of them a lot of <laughs> i them. tell two people which I, if anybody's <laughs> listening can't tell clements is from the south if you didn't already know that just by his his accent which everybody says i have an accent but i would say you have an accent way more than i have an accent and i've tried to explain that to Ryer, just he because because somebody has more of an accent than you does not Here mean that you don't have an accent i don't hear myself i don't, I don't hear caleb's accent thank either. you Thank you. Well, he's also from Florida. Okay, though. here's the deal, though. All right, we're not going. Every we're single, not doing this again. Look, Caleb. Oh my God. Whenever we go out west or somewhere that's not the South, people are like, "Where are you from? Why do they ask you that question? Because you have a different way of talking than maybe people. I'm a more interesting person than you are. <laughs> have you seen my shirt? <laughs> yeah. So anyway. I envy those that are listening that don't have to look at the shirt. Yeah. So anyway. Um, Getting back to that, I also let you see my uh, Southern Sayings uh, thing a little bit ago, and you I really think, appreciated hey, that. You know, it'd be very impressed. You're talking about doing a. Wh- I don't want to give all some. my. Don't give my ideas away. No, no, no. I'm not giving your idea okay. away. But, I mean, you wanted Thomas oh, to showcase to some, co- of his, yeah, some of his some of his voiceover abilities. Let's have him 
read the saying, and then you translate it for somebody like me who has no idea what was just said. <laughs> <laughs> we might do that in a little bit, but I think I, that'd be I think yeah, that'd that be could fun. be a that could be a good couple uh, good couple of uh, lines for him to read in his voiceover yeah. voice. Because uh, if you ever wanted to do a southern draw film, like you, you've mm-hmm. got the voice for it for sure. Yeah. Oh, I'd love. I, to. He he showed me something. He said, "Yeah, I did voiceover for this." He told me before he showed me the thing. You wouldn't have known it if. And I was like, "What? This one? <laughs> That's you talking? That's not a sixty-five-year-old southern man <laughs> <laughs> who just got done running cows." <laughs> yeah, could have fooled me. Well, that's. I thought that was. I, I love. I love hearing a true southern accent. There's. There are not a whole lot of many around anymore. Especially, you know, kind of in our age group. You, you know, you've got a bunch of southern accents and some older folks. But it's like it's getting bred out of folks now. I don't understand it. But have you seen the guys on TikTok who like that's their whole thing? They just talk. Well, yeah, that's the only thing they got is well, how to talk in the southern accent. Which I mean, that's cool and all. I mean, hey, you could, you might could do that. Hey, make a living <laughs> off your voice. Just, I know a lot of people. Good job. Just said no. I said he might could do that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys, I'm you, trying. You got to point it out. There you go. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so you're a big waterfowler. Yeah, I mean that's okay. That's what I like. But here's the thing: you're from Georgia. Why? It's, I mean, you grow up saying that the grass is greener on the other side. We ain't got no waterfowl down here, but the wood no, ducks. or or deer, unless you're well, in downtown yeah, Atlanta. Apparently, in the right spot, but yeah, um, no, I mean ducks and turkeys. Pretty much is that's what I love. You just like talking to them. I like talking to them, and I like hearing them. I probably like elk hunting, but I ain't never been out there. It's before. gonna ruin you, dude. I'm telling you. Uh, that's what they tell me. Let me send you on one, and it'll ruin you. But uh, it didn't ruin Clay, which Clay's Clay's weird man. Ryer, me and Ryer are on the same page with elk. Like, that's our yeah. favorite. That's my favorite thing in the whole wide world to do. I, is going I, just, elk I don't know how Clay, like, Clay's heard an elk. I, I think it it's took because me to hear I, I had a non cooperative client. And I think <laughs> Who that's, are you all talking about? I only did one elk hunt player. You. Oh, with you. me. <laughs> yeah. He wouldn't wear his mic. Yeah. And I ruined, I ruined an encounter because I didn't know where the elk was because I did. I hundred percent ruined an encounter oh. because I didn't hear my client say that he's right there. Don't move <laughs> until he, until he whisper yelled at me, don't move. He's right there. And he was already gone. Here's the deal. Whisper yelled at here's me. The, here, <laughs> here's the deal. Caleb gets attention still. And from that, uh, encounter. Oh yeah. Dude, Caleb, it was, it was you've got a different gear. You've got a different gear when you're hunting. Is that like is you in get a, a good little, way or a bad way? You get way? a little bit more intense. Well, you, I'm you, elk hunting, yeah, I hope I would. You just it's a little bit more intense. Oh so yeah, I, can I, I forgot see. that you've done an elk hunt with me, and you've done an elk hunt with me. And you were not having. A I'm good the time only. On our elk hunt. I'm the only one of us three that has not built, been filmed by the other person in the office hunting. I, I but I was. I, I wasn't that way. <laughs> but I was having a good time. You're just tired and couldn't get sleep. But that's what? What is it? Second, not second rate fun, but what's it called? Type two fun. Type two fun. That's, that was a very type two fun hunt. Yeah. Because in the moment, I was not having fun. I was mad and upset and like frustrated. And it was the first time. It was the first day we had actually like gotten into them. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about when I was with him. I'm not even talking about yours. Oh. You know, ours was the same way too. Oh. But you just elk hunting in general is that way. It's just like turkey hunting. You get a turkey gobble that you can't get to come in, or they don't gobble at all. It's frustrating. It's elk hunting times ten. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 frustrating. But so now. Now knowing this, why waterfowl again? Like it's just so. I mean, it's. 
I can see turkeys all day. I cannot see ducks. It's it's more like the environment. You know, you're just cutting up with your buddies. Yeah. It's not the – Kind of like what we've been doing today. We haven't... And I grew up deer hunting, so yeah. I still love deer hunting. But it's like, let's go, you know, have a cup of coffee, throw the decoys out, talk about the spread, how we're going to set it up, how they going, how the wind's going to change it. You got to break ice, got to go break ice. Now, granted, I don't do it for a living, so I don't get as tired of all that like a mm-hmm. guide would. But yeah. I don't know. It's just – it's more like I didn't grow up doing that, so it's, mm-hmm. it's still new to me. Still learning a lot of it and all that. So I hate it. I, I hate it. it I don't. I don't. I don't like it at all. If there's other than fishing, I think fishing is worse. Waterfowling to me is just. Dude, you burn oh. a lot of bridges on here. Out of Man. all the things that we've said, fishing. The old, Clay is offended yeah. that you said you didn't like fishing. I, you know, I, it's not that. Well, I don't like fishing. I'm not even good about any it kind of fishing. No, not really. No. Jeez. I would. I do. You once you've caught one fish, you've caught them all. One pulls harder than the next one. <laughs> oh, it's God. the same thing, man. I don't not. care. It is. It's the same thing. You can't convince me otherwise. Well, if he's saying that's the same saying, you shoot one there, you shot them yeah, all. Yeah, you no. shoot one. To, all no. the turkeys sound the same. No. No, I'd have to make a difference. Yeah, on that. exactly. Every deer has its own characteristics. They have their own personality. Fish they have don't. their own story. No, Why? you've never seen that fish before until you caught it. Ever. That's what's awesome. No, no, it's not awesome. You have no history. You have nothing. That that fish looks exactly like that one. This one weighs no. a half pound more than that one. No. It's exact. There's, not, mean, a, there's fair, not a redfish in the waters that have the same spots. Oh, God, shut up. To be fair, <laughs> you, you really don't have history on elk either. Fair. No, but they scream in your face in the mountains. It's not like looking at the water. It looks just like that water. It looks just like that water. Mm. I just was riling you up. No. I, just, I love that aspen that looks like that aspen. <laughs> Look, or that called, mountain pine tree that hey, looks like clay. that hey, mountain pine tree. It's not like, an aspen. It's called a quakey. Yeah. That oh, I, Lord. Being from Colorado, I'd never heard of before. <laughs> so I think somebody's lying. I've never heard it until I did an out west hunt. I always never, thought they were aspens. And I was like, they, they open them the aspens. You're like, you mean the quakies? I'm like, the white tree. And he's like, no, those are quakies. I'm like, pretty sure those are aspens. <laughs> I'm like, have you not seen Dumb and Dumber? Aspen. <laughs> clay hasn't. Clay so. Yes, I have. <laughs> you will not see him berate me all podcast, okay? Uh, so, hey, what he doesn't know is his reaction is just going to make me berate him. Oh more. yeah, oh yeah. So, have you seen any movies? That's another question that we have. That we this is a constant theme in this podcast. Is I'm the only one that's really seen anything worthwhile. Where he's seen like three documentaries is all he's seen, and he's seen nothing. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty good movie guy. Good. Like good what are your top good. three? Top three movies. Oh man, that's that's tough. And you're not allowed to say anything until he finishes uh, okay. all three. All right. This is going to tell me a lot about him. I'm anxious. Um, I'd have to say the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, Gran Torino is a good one. Big Clint Eastwood guy. I can tell. <laughs> and uh, I can't remember the name of the other one, but it's got Robert Duvall and uh, Kevin Costner in it. And that's a... Uh, uh, White Earp? Mm-mm. Although Tombstone is probably up there too, so we'll go with Tombstone. So you're, a, you're obviously a Western guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like if I'm saying great, but I like all the Marvel movies. Uh, not not huge Star Wars guy, I mean they're good. Just don't. so you just want me yeah. to go ahead and pack up my office and leave tomorrow. Yeah, or? but uh, no. The, Do you watch any dramas at all that aren't like action movies? Do you watch any like? I'm not going to give you any examples. I'm just going to see if you I know. I was going to say, but if you can give me an example here, <laughs> I'm not a chick flick kind of guy. No, not a chick flick. I like a like a straight up drama, like incredible good acting, storylines, plot, cinematography, like the whole package. Uh, not just a shoot 'em up, the kill 'em movie. Godfather. 
Uh, I'd still consider Godfather more of a Caddyshack. <laughs> <laughs> no, like a like a Goodwill Hunting or a Dead Poet Society uh, and things like that. Peanut Butter Falcon was really good. I watched that, that one. That one was really good. I've not seen that. It's that a was very a good, good one. Movie. Peanut Butter Shia Falcon. LaBeouf killed it. Mm-hmm. Oh well, Shia LaBeouf always kills it. But yeah, yeah um, I'll have to watch Peanut Butter. I think you told me about that. Yeah. Or did it's we talk about really it on the podcast movie. one time? I told you about it. Peanut Butter Falcon. It's really really good. I'm gonna put that on my list. I have a list of movies that I want to yeah, see, and I'm gonna put that on one. my list right now. Peanut Butter Falcon. I've got a whole list. I got a list for everything. Peanut. It's too many lists. Butter Falcon. I don't know what I do without the uh, Notes app on my hey, phone. That's all I hear anybody talk about. Use it all the time. Creative. Anyone who's a creative does anything. Notes app, man. Mm-hmm. Game changer. Tell me. And watches movies. This is still why yeah, I can't I figure out why these two are. I. Maybe he's working. I just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> that was very good. Yeah. There you go, you. <laughs> but they hadn't seen him before they started working for me. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I've, I've just seen a lot I'm of done things. fighting about it because I never win. So <laughs> I told Clay last podcast, mind. I'm like, all right, this is the point in the podcast where you can leave. <laughs> so anyway, getting back to, what I'm the, out expressing my athletic ability instead of sitting in a couch watching <laughs> movies. Okay, okay. You're expressing right. your athletic ability. Yeah. By what? Golfing. Mm. Golfing. Yeah, I've. Who's that one golfer? That's. Really not athletic. Oh, John, John Daly. Daly. Yeah. All of them, pretty much, except yeah. for like Tiger Woods if, and three I mean, other ones. If John Daly can go out there, smoke seven cigars, chain smoke, and be drunk, be drunk as heck, <laughs> and still win, it's not a sport. Mm, agreed. That's a casual gentleman's activity. Yeah. Have you seen Phil Mickelson's calves, though? Well, he's a lefty. He's a lefty. A lefty. That's one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. Um, So, what is some of the stuff you have worked on that you can talk about? Because I know some people work on some stuff they they can't talk about. Or what's you know what's some of your favorite stuff that you've worked on? Um. Well, I mean, I really haven't been in the industry all that long, but uh, I got on with the boys at Seek One and and been working with them. I mean, I'm a freelance guy, but I've been contracting with them through deer season, and it's been phenomenal. Just learning from them and and uh, learning a lot about whitetails. I mean, I grew up hunting it, but not not like that, not like that, and not you know, my dad worked a lot of the time, so it was just me and my brother mm-hmm. figuring it out. So I've learned a whole lot and learned more about the computer and the production side of everything and and filming everything more than more than the whitetail stuff. But I mean. Yeah, that's really it. I'm I'm pretty new on all that, and but it's been a lot of fun to work on. So you do, stuff. but you do enjoy it. It's you know, oh, yeah. you see yourself trying to do this for a little while, or you yeah. want to get into yeah, something else. I mean, I, I I like telling stories. Yeah, in whatever capacity that takes me to do it, and I like meeting new people. So wherever the Lord leads me to be. Yeah. Well, this is a great telling the good stories and a, meeting the good people. This that's, is a great business to be in for that because that's what, and I've talked, we've talked about it on the podcast before. It's like you can't put a price on the places that we've got to go, the things we've got to see, and the people that we've got to meet. Like mm-hmm. some of my absolute best friends are clients yep. that we have been with for years and years and years. Like Chuck Belmore being one of them, Brian Stevens being another one. Worked with them for years, but there's those guys that, like, if we were in some remote place and needed help, like, those are the guys that are going to be there. Yeah. They're, they, and it doesn't seem like work when you're with them because you're having such a good time. And uh, they're willing to do whatever you want to do to tell the best story, to do the best job. And it's uh, 
putting a price tag on the relationships and just the places that I've got to see over the years. Oh my gosh, man. Like it's invaluable. Like I used to be the guy that didn't care anything about traveling, like going and traveling and seeing the world wasn't something that interested me. Mm. I'm like, well, I can go to Google and see that. Well, that shows you how naive and dumb I was. And then I got into this business and started, you know, I went on my first elk hunt to Colorado and saw the West for the first time. And I'm like, need this in my life. And then I, you know, got to really go to a place that's just eat up with turkeys and they're gobbling everywhere. And it's like, I need this in my life. And then I go to Nebraska for the first time and hunt out there with those dumb hybrids. And I'm like, really need this in my life. (laughs) And then you go to some of these whitetail places, like, you know, getting to go to Lee and Tiffany's and getting to go to Foxworthy's and seeing, like I, I had always heard my whole life watching hunting shows, you know, deer grunt and fight and make scrapes and rubs and, like you I, don't get to see that. All yeah, the time you don't get to see that. Here. You see a buck, it gets shot at around here. Yeah. And I'd always heard of this mystical thing called the rut. And then I feel my first fall at Lee and, or not at Lee and Tiffany's, but my first fall at Fox Rally's, which is down in Harris County, and uh, saw deer growl and fight and spar and you know vocalize, snort wheeze and chase does and like everything I'd heard about. And I'm like, oh, so this is the rut. Yeah. And get to see deer be deer. Mm-hmm. You know, see what a really well-managed herd and what somebody who really cares about their population of animals and their ground and the in the in the energy and the money and the time they put into it. You couldn't, I couldn't quantify. You have to see it for yourself. You can't, no show, no piece of production, no film, nothing is going to show you until you actually step foot and see it happen for yourself. Um, yeah. And how much and how much love they have for the animals. You know, they hunt them, but they truly love them because they knew if they didn't put that time, money, and effort into the ground, they're not going to be there. Yeah. You know, and uh, and get to hunt virtually some of the best elk ground, turkey ground, and deer ground in the country that I wouldn't have got to do without a camera in my hand. Like, what was it, was it you said? The camera, This camera's a passport to all the cool stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, especially for me because uh, I, I would have never even thought to do any of these things mm-hmm. if I didn't have a camera but you get a camera and all of a sudden you you get like ushered into these places and these groups of people and these experiences that you would have never been able to really experience for yourself mm-hmm. if well, you didn't have a camera I mean you, you yeah. get a camera and people are like well you're gonna go do this thing and you're yeah. gonna do this thing and you're gonna do this well, thing people and see that, this place the and, people that we've that the hunting's open doors the people that we've met and sat down and had conversations with, and I've got to run around mountains with. Like, you know, you're saying, like, is that the Jocko? I'm like, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, without a camera, I wouldn't have got to do You know, I wouldn't have yeah. never met Jocko, you know, um, and, and things like that. It's just, but it's cool, you know, and it's, uh, but the problem is that now, with us anyway, is us growing and technology's going so fast. It's like finding finding people that are capable of helping create this content because you know with this digital age even if it's tv or even if it's web the content still it's still got to be there and it's got to be more now than it ever has because Mm -hmm. i mean look at clay he's consuming content right now people are consuming it all the time every second of every day so it requires people like us that can facilitate that and uh and when we talk about tv it's what i mean you you, we've done web shows and we've done tv shows what would you say a tv show is 10x a web show in what regard? All regards. Filming time, editing time, production time, budget time, or budget-wise, I guess. Yeah, I mean, with a 
with a web show, it's you could get a web show done in a day. I mean, you could get a TV show done in a day, but to get a TV show done in a day, good. You mean filming it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I filmed a TV yeah, show so, in a day. It was a long day. Um, I mean, let's, let's say let's say your typical boat fishing. We filmed one oh, t- one show oh, in eighteen no. hours. Your typical like web show usually covers the course of like four or five days of of hunting. Let's say on average, and uh, you know it's it's maybe takes you get away with uh you if you're really busting it you could get away with three days in the edit, um, five to seven depending on the complexity. But let's just say an average is five days. I mean, you're basically in ten days for for one piece of content, whereas for like uh let's let's take this show we're working on for hunt masters um we did what four days in Miami. Miami and then we've got a collection of stuff going in there that basically ranges for probably 21 days in the field something like that mm-hmm. just different things pulled from here and there over the course of the season and then it's probably going to be a solid two to three weeks um, all said and done on somebody's desk in the edit room. And uh, that's going to live on TV three times. Mm, yeah, if that. Yeah. Three, well, three to six times have been on re-airs, but yeah. Yeah, three to six times. And so. that's 22 minutes of finished content that took a month and a half? Yeah, yeah, 22 minutes. So if you just want to divide time by time, what you, your average web show is probably seven to 12. Mm, yeah, I'd say less than that, but yeah. So I mean, uh, mine and Chuck shows like I can do. I, we can shoot a show in a day or two, and I can edit it in a no, day no, or no, two. No, no, I mean like time wise. Yeah. Final product is seven to twelve minutes. Oh, twelve. I thought you were about days in the field. Mm. Oh, seven to twelve minutes. Yeah. And you spent ten days for those seven to twelve, as opposed to. I don't think it's ten days. I think that's too many. I was just being yeah. conservative. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, as I get what you're As opposed to basically just double the time, but probably four times the amount of work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the work. I mean, just finishing the show. I can I can edit a web show in the time it takes to finish a finished episode. Yeah. Yeah. And by finishing, he means just like the show is already picture locked. You've done the quote-unquote editing. Mm-hmm. Now you've got a sound and color and get everything to specs and, and set up 45 different time it exports yeah. and Upload it to network. I mean, the TV show is a large undertaking. Mm-hmm. Larger than probably. Most people understand. It's larger than I understood when I first got into this. Way bigger. I remember the first, like, show I saw from start to finish. Like, shooting it, being a part of shooting it, being a part of the edit process and seeing it go out. I was like, nobody understands the scale of this. Like, it's no. so much bigger than people understand. Well, and and you start to, I think the cool thing, I that I've found doing this for a living is you start to see that as you watch other content. And, uh, I think it gives me, uh, an appreciation for the, for the art form of creating visual media. Mm-hmm. Cause before you would, I'd look at something and I go, Oh, that's a cool picture. Oh, that's a, t- a cool TV episode. And you don't think about anything else. Like it was just cool. You enjoyed watching it. Um, and, like, you don't – you just take it all for granted. And then you get into this industry or get into creating content for a living. And and uh, now even just seeing a photograph, I know it went into that photograph. Yeah. You know, somebody probably spent 
10 days out somewhere with a camera, took thousands of images, cold through them, picked that one, and probably spent, I mean, some some really good photographers who make just their money doing photography could spend hours or days yeah, on I know one Ir- photograph. Erwin said he spent days on a single picture before. You know, and uh, then you take a look at TV shows or documentaries or anything like that, and the amount of people and the amount of time and thought that goes into every piece of content that you see every day is immense yeah. and nobody even knows, no, which is no, what's crazy. What's hard, disheartening to me is a lot of people don't care. Right. And that's, what's hard, especially with as much effort, time, thought and energy and money and, you know, days of your life gone. And somebody watches it for the, you know, 30 seconds that some get shot. It's like, dude, did you not notice this and this and this and we went to the extra length to do this we made two more trips to make sure we got content that filled this and helped tell this story and they're like oh that's a big deer it's like come on man like that was always the most that's always that's, been that's what i don't i if somebody watches a video and they're like man that was a that was a that was a big deer i'm like out of all the things yeah. that I had no control over, <laughs> I had no part of the deer process. Well, yeah. and that, that's the problem with what he was trying to do earlier this year with not showing a deer in that Huntmasters episode until the third segment. Yeah. Just to build suspense that went along with the storyline. And Greg said it, but Greg was right. He's like, no one's going to watch it because they haven't seen a deer yet and we're 15 minutes in. Yeah. And you did that for super stylistic reasons, but... He's right. No one would. No one would watch it. No one would lose interest. Yeah, but it's it's lost on the creative in us and the process of, okay, how do we tell this story the best way we can, but also make people engaged, watch through it, care about the sponsors, which nobody does. No, I'm not going to say that. But um, it's it. I it, can't because I'm not in charge. <laughs> it makes it hard. It makes it really hard. For people to invest in something, and it's and that's what's given outdoor TV such a bad rap is the sponsors and how they're presented, but they're the ones that pay the bills. You know, at the end of the day, even if you don't like how it's presented, they're the reason that you have a show to watch. You know, if they weren't paying for it, then there is no show. Um, so it's it's a it's a it's definitely a, a the law of give and take there. But uh, uh, Thomas, if you had one piece of content, one thing. It's on your bucket list that you want to do in terms of like a film, a series, or something. What is it? What do you? What, what's your? What's, what's your, that one story you want no, to tell? Budgets no issue, times no issue. What is it? Lordy, I don't have to think on that one. I ain't never really made that up in my mind. Um, I've got too many to count, so I wouldn't know a, a, one specific one. But we've talked about it before. I just wanted to get your take on it. It'd be a battle between. Uh, a bow hunting an elk in out west mm-hmm. somewhere in some big country. Yep. And then fly fishing for either bonefish or mm-hmm. or uh, some pompano or something out on the flats. Oh God! That's this, I, I I I like I like uh, inshore fishing. Not big off. Of course, I haven't been on too many offshore things, but I like inshores and tailing reds and stuff so mm. when we get a when we get a big budget for some f- fish thing i'll send you two on it because right. perfect stay right up my alley. you want to go fishing i've literally never said a single thing bad about fishing all right i like i just like going to new places that's yeah. my thing no, i can see that it is it is kind of like 
I, now that I've went to a bunch of places over and over again, but the problem with going to a new place is you just never know what you're going to get. I've been to some new places that have been awesome. Like, I never want to go anywhere else. And you go there for three or four years in a row. Like, you know, Dudley and I went to the same places, and they're great, and we're friends with them. It's like, okay, I'm going to try something a little different. But you just never know what you're going to get at some other new places. I've been to so many places now. It's like I've been to some new ones, and it's like, get me out of here. This is miserable. Because that's another thing. I don't know if you've had one, which you might have, is you're going to go on some trips that are terrible. The mm. weather's terrible. The hunt's terrible. Everybody's in a bad mood, this, that, and the other. And you know, keeping a positive attitude is the hardest part of the whole deal or telling a good story and doing your job. But I always I always try and take a step back and be like, I could be digging a ditch somewhere. Yeah. I could be an accountant somewhere. Riding a bike. Riding a bike somewhere, yeah. <laughs> Look, somebody comes up to me and offers me a pro contract. I'm gone. You hold you hold that office for a couple of years because I'll wash out. But I'm gonna go try it. <laughs> I'll watch out. Yeah, that's that's like I I don't know if I could put my finger on one piece of content what it would be. I really don't know. Yeah. I got I got a bunch of them. I like do, but I'm let me tell you, which I told you at lunch, bow hunting elk. Man, there's very little that's better than that. If you enjoy turkey hunting, you go during the rut with a bow. See, I didn't get that same vibe. I don't know how. That hunt that we went on was really, really good compared to some of the other ones I've been on. I'm I've been saying, on some atrocious. I'm not saying guns. I was you miserable. Know what, you I'm know just, what? He didn't have to put in his time it, doing know, a horrific public land hunting. Yep. Where me and you just, did that. I did it for years. Yeah, I've done it several times. I mean... Public Dude, land hunting I've, is a, I've another said this, animal. I've said this on the podcast before. And I before. feel like if you if you just go straight to a good elk hunt, you're yeah. like, I don't see what the big deal is. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, and the this one is I'm sending fun. you on, you'll have no perspective because you're you're going on the the granddaddy of them all. If you get to go on the ones we're talking about, but um, you got to go on the bad ones. So yeah, then dude, when, I did eleven elk trips, eleven hunts before I ever laid hands on elk. Eleven, geez. eleven five to seven day trips. Over four years. How many yeah. close encounters? A lot. Really? Yeah. I think that's I think that's part of the magic of elk hunting. Yeah, now that makes the places like Deseret and things like that is like, okay, I, I get it. Like, send me there every time. Because then you, you know, got that guy that called you, hey, man, I got to do it yourself, public land elk hunt in Colorado. You're like, good luck. <laughs> See, I... I, it's fun. It really is. It's fun. If you've never done it, and I've told this to a lot of people, if you want to do your first, a lot of guys from the Southeast that want to do their first elk hunt, that are scared to death, have no idea what to do, it's like, and they can't afford a five ten thousand $10,000 outfitter. I get it. Been there. That was me. Still me. It's like, okay, go get a $700, $800, $900, whatever it is now, over-the-counter Colorado tag, throw a spot on the map that's an over-the-counter unit, and go try it. Just get ready to walk. Get ready to compete with people because there's going to be there. But you hear one elk bugle is worth the whole trip. I promise you. Go to those mountains, hear one elk bugle in the wild, even if you don't lay eyes on an elk. I've been on elk trips. We did not lay eyes on an elk the whole trip. Jeez. I went on one to Meeker, Colorado. We saw more rattlesnakes than we did elk. That's rough. Yeah. I, I don't like that. Yeah, it was a rough, a rough trip. It was hot. Oh, my God. It was so miserably hot the whole trip. And I just wanted to go home the whole time. I just wanted to go home. The Alaska trip, that brown bear trip, I've never wanted to go home so bad in my life. That <laughs> was the, the most miserable trip I've ever I've been I've heard on. you talk about that trip. 
And I there's need to the get... one picture of yes. Donkey on the side-by-side. Side. And, like, if you look at the picture, it just looks like Caleb's riding a side-by-side. Side. But since I know the story and I I have seen you <laughs> just not having a good time before, God, I look at that picture and I'm like, Caleb is having the worst time of his life I right now. So, dude, and it... I could just see it in his face. First... He's just like, I hate this. I hate my life. Yeah. I hate this place. Yeah. That's when how I, I felt. When I, I hate was, everything that has made me get to the point where I am here right now. I want Docky on this podcast so bad to tell that story. It I got to get Docky. It was so funny when I was with him in February. We were sitting. We were deer hunting, and I mean, paid an outfitted hunt. Hadn't seen a single thing. Mm-hmm. So we were always. He was like, you know, it could be worse. It could be worse. And I was like, yeah, you could be in like Alaska or something. And he sits there for 15 minutes and tells me this story, and I'm cracking up the entire time. He's like. Do you just get enjoyment out of my suffering? I'm like, no. You and Caleb t- tell the story the exact same. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, you've heard it. I was like, Caleb tells it every chance he gets, and he gets miserable about it oh, even more. So he tells bad. it. Is that the same one with the French chef? Yeah. Yeah. See, Caleb couldn't even get a break on that front. Yeah, <laughs> oh, dude, so bad. What what time of the year is it? It was in end of September. So hot. No, not in Alaska. Not in Alaska. Uh, wet, it was probably. like 40 highs in like the high 30s, low 40s, highs in like the 50s, wind blowing sideways and raining all day long. Didn't you say that's the whole Never days. quit raining. You said that's we saw the sun one time in 15 days. You said Miserable. that's the only hunt you've had to tell a client, I'm not filming because yeah. I'll ruin my It's the game. only time I've ever had to tell a client, I'm not taking my camera out in that. Not doing it. It was, li- it was blowing sustained 30, 40 miles an hour with gusts up to 70, and then we're going to go hunting. I'm like, deuces. Not taking my camera. I was like, I can't keep it dry. Yeah. It was literally like, like in, in freaking Forrest Gump. Raining, like rain coming Sideways. from the ground. Like that. that's what it was. <laughs> it One day it started raining. Yeah, Brian, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Clay, don't laugh. You haven't even seen that movie. You're right. Never seen Forrest yeah. Gump. You're not Have allowed you not Yes, I've seen oh, Forrest okay. Gump. I was about to say. Um, but, yeah, that's exactly how it was. And, and the thing is, we were, we were brown bear hunting, coastal brown bears. And uh, the only time we'd see bears is the first five minutes of light and the last five minutes. But we stayed out all day in it. Were you on horses? All day. No, we were in uh, on four-wheelers. <laughs> yeah, on four I think that's the only boats. way you could make that trip work oh, for yeah. Caleb. If he was on horseback. Yeah, no. Caleb Screw hates a horse. Way. And then we tried to moose hunt. I don't know. What, I mean, I know there are moose in the area, but that was, the yeah, that was bad. And then you come back to camp, and there's a French chef that they had brought in to cook for all these rich people that were there salmon fishing. So he just did the brown bear hunts kind of on the side because he had a great brown bear area. And then his main money was all these salmon fishermen. Well, they had this French chef who cooked all the meals. Uh Uh-oh. Dude, French food sucks. Yeah. Every bit of it sucks. I'm not necessarily big on that. No. I, I, I literally, about the fifth day, I'm like, can I get like a hamburger, like a pizza or a peanut butter and jelly oh sandwich? And ha- he was offended when I asked him that. Because they would give us like lentil soup and racks of lamb and this. And I'm like, dude, this is horrible. That sounds pretty good to me. Oh, it was so bad. I literally le- le- lived off apples and like peanut butter crackers. The snack, the snack bowl is what I lived off of because it was so bad. Donkey ate it up. He's like a foodie nut. He's like, oh, this is this is. This is extraordinary. This is this, that, and the other. I'm like, wait, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You almost, you almost committed to the British accent, but you stopped yourself. Well, I can't do a Go Yankee accent. I can't do a Yankee accent. Donkey's got a Yankee accent. Give me the British accent. You were I about can't to do. do a British accent. No. Oh, do you hear him almost slip hey, into it? Peeking. Oh, yeah. oh, and then changed. Yeah, well, I couldn't commit. I was just gotta not commit. Good. 
I've only got one good accent, and this is a really hard southern accent when I want to. It's still not as good as his. Even so yours with more intensity. Yeah, exactly. Um, what? He just admitted he had an accent. Oh, God. What but time code are we at? we're picking that one out (laughs) so uh yeah that trip was miserable but there's gonna be trips like that they're inevitable they make the better ones that much better i need to get Brandon pendergrass on here and let him tell the story about bc um he went to bc with lee and tiffany years ago it's his first ever mountain hunt this has been like 2013 14 and he was a freelance guy, but he always went with Craig. And this is one of the early trips I think he went with Lee and Tiffany. I think it's one of his early, like, adventure trips. Well, they were mm-hmm. doing spike camps. Like, they were literally hiking, camping, hiking, camping in B.C. for, I think it was a mountain goat. And uh, he borrowed boots, Ooh. borrowed camo, mm. like, b- borrowed all the stuff to go. Because it was like, I think something, I want to say something happened to where he was, like, a last-minute addition to the trip. Like, we got to fill these two spots and like somebody can't go for some reason and you're going and, and Pender's like, he's one of those beam me up Scotty guys. He's like, sure, I'll go. He said there was a point in that trip on the side of the mountain where his blisters on his feet were so bad and it was cold and raining and they were just hiking up shale rock all day, every day. He said, there was a point in that trip. I'm sitting on the side of the mountain freezing, trying to stay warm. He said, and I thought to myself, if, if, if some like, Mountain Gnome appeared to me right now and said, give me every worldly possession that you own and a helicopter will be here in 30 minutes. He's like, I would have done it. I'd have given it all up to get off that mountain. He's like, I was, I've never been so far gone. And, and Pender's one of those, like, if you've ever met him, they can tell you that you don't, you don't wipe a smile off this guy's face. He's the most positive, upbeat dude you've ever met. Yeah. He is a, just a ball of fun to be around. And for him to say, he was ready to give up his entire life to get off that mountain. It was bad. Jeez. I've never been that bad. Like Alaska was really bad. It wasn't that bad. Um, but the the food, I think the food's what set Alaska. Were off you for at me. sub seven for that? Yeah. No, no, that was twenty seventeen. So you on your own? Yeah, I was on my own. Yeah, that was my actually my first fall on my own. Yeah, that was a bad one. God, that was a bad one. What a way to start it, man. Getting out on your own, go do that. It's yeah, like, dude. What am I doing? Well, it was that. That was my first. Well, at that at that point in your life, you don't want to turn work down. Well, that was yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that was my first time ever doing a grizzly or a brown bear grizzly hunt either. I'd never done one to to that point, or never been in bear country to that point, and haven't been in since since Idaho, and don't want to go back. Not a big bear guy. Well, I don't not I, I don't mind black bears. I don't do grizzlies no. and brown no. Dude, wait until you see one of them things on the ground. You don't want to either. I've seen one. Have you? Running from a long way away. I could see his ri- his just ripple when he hit the ground. I was like, oh, man, that's big. That's a big dude. <laughs> you ain't kidding, dude. That, that, the Joe Rogan said the best. He's like, you you, grow, you you raise your children to tell them there's no such thing as monsters, and you're lying. He's like, there is a such thing as a monster, and it's a grizzly bear. Yeah. And it's 100% true. That is a living, breathing, walking monster. Yeah, but you know Revenant. what's insane? Speaking of movies, The Revenant. Yeah, Revenant's great. That was incredible. Never heard of it. Oh, my god! You haven't even heard of it? Okay, I haven't seen it. I know about The Revenant. Dude, DiCaprio won like a Emmy for that or whatever they Academy win. Award. Yeah. I've only seen one DiCaprio movie, and it's Catch Me If You Can. You haven't seen the Titanic? Nope. Catch Me If You Can is pretty good, Bro. though. 
You didn't watch the Titanic when you were like fourteen. No. There's only reason, to, one reason to watch it. I watched 14. it when I was fourteen, and it was, and it was on the second tape. <laughs> you can tell you when it's where it's at. It's on the second tape. Everybody who needs to know what that means knows what it means. Everybody who doesn't know what that I means know exactly doesn't what know it, what that means. I know exactly nice. what it means. Oh God, <laughs> terrible. Oh Lord! So what's the what's the plan now? So you're looking towards the fall, wanting to do some freelancing this fall? Yeah, I mean, I'm just you're gonna come to, you're gonna come do freelance for us, right? Spitballing right now, feeling out yeah. my options. Uh, you know, seeing what's out there. I'd I'd like to mix it up a little bit, do different works, but uh, get you a little work, get you some new shorts. You got holes in your shorts. Yeah, <laughs> I like those shorts. Ventilation. Well, they was good Carhartt pants, and they was real comfortable, but. It just ripped all the way across there. You and my brother, I don't understand the obsession with Carhartt pants. And made it back. Well, I don't, this is the only pair that I own. Mama got them from Goodwill. Oh, nice. But they <laughs> this were man so is comfortable. from the south. I didn't, I didn't want to. I didn't want to throw them away. And I was like, I just make me a pair of shorts out of it. Yeah. I like it. But the dang I'm wallet, about to do that. Is, the wallet's too low. It about hangs out the back pocket when I'm walking around. But anyway, people not Subtle watching flex. this podcast are gonna think he's 55 years old. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good. I, I don't know. I grew up around old farmers. Oh yeah, and those are the people I admired. So yeah, yeah. Like those. That's the. Well, if there's anybody to admire, that's a good person to admire. Yep, there's worse. Hey, all right, here's a good question, and I think I, I I know the answer to this. Have you ever met a cow farmer that likes cows? Oof. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, no. I mean, I met them that love them. I don't know if they like them, but they love them. <laughs> yeah, but I they love the money. Very, they love the money they make. Well, they? it's there's different. I mean, because like, it depends on how you running cows. Because there ain't a lot of money to be made in yeah. unless you're doing it well, on a large I, scale, or you're doing it in purebred and showing them and yeah. and doing a genetic side and all that. But I don't think I've ever met people who love to work more than people who make a living doing cows. I've never met a cattle farmer that likes cows. <laughs> well, it <laughs> just, I think it guts. depends on the day you catch them on. On Sunday, he'd be like, yeah, I love my cows. I like my life. Yeah. But Monday through Friday yeah. and Saturday, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, we hunt. We turkey hunt on a guy that he's he controls a ton of property in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And I've never heard nobody dog cuss cows more than this guy. <laughs> oh my gosh, he hates them, but he's got so many of them. Yep. I think he hit, I think he said he's got like eighteen thousand head or something stupid. What part of Nebraska is that? Central. Oh. Because right. you know, I was thinking it was out west, and I would call him about doing my hunt there instead. Mm-hmm. Of- no, he's central Nebraska. See, I think maybe it's kind of the same thing as have you ever heard anybody who uses Premier like Premier? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, Nobody geez, who uses yeah. Premier likes Premier, no. but. Except the people at that the don't same, even sell it. At the same time, I do – I love Premier, but also I hate it. Yeah. I love what I can do with Premier, and I like the process of what Premier allows me to do with my life. I don't like Premier. What's that, what's the, what's that yeah. saying that that senator said one time? He's like, I, I love government, but I want to keep it small enough to where if I had to, I could strangle it and drown it in the bathtub. Something along those lines. A bit graphic, I think, but yeah, I can say we've probably been there. The, about the problem with I think daily. I think Premier needs to be a little bigger than I can drown in a bathtub because if it if it was proper drowning size, I would have done it. <laughs> the problem with Premier is it's capable of so many things, but it never lets you do any of those things. Well, yeah. Well, it's, you have to trick. <laughs> you have to trick it. Yeah, you have to trick it into what you want. Hundred percent. Chance showed me a video. Has he ever showed you the video about a guy talking about what it's like working on a Mac? No. It's basically like on a Mac, you got to trick it into letting you do what it thinks you want to do. 
No. Like you got to kind of you got to kind of sneak up on it. <laughs> and that's I, that's I'd never thought of it that way before. And then I started watching this video and I was thinking about it in Premiere. I was like, he's right. A lot of similarities. Well, that's what you got to trick it. You kind of got to outwit it. It's yeah. it's a constant battle with Premiere. I mean, I feel like Premiere is my opponent, right? And it's a worthy opponent. And so I have respect for it. But at the same time, you got to kind of maneuver around it. Do you it think it ever out. looks at you through the camera on the thing? He's like, look at this guy. I We're going to so. mess with this guy today. I hope so. And then I hope, and then I hope that I win because I do. <laughs> Every time I do win. And I hope it's like... I just got beat again <laughs> by the cross-eyed man <laughs> in a flower shirt on this project. Next. Yeah. Oh my gosh! So you've been for you've been, I guess, filming for how long? Full time for about eleven months. So in those eleven months, what are like? What's the learning curve been like for you? Learning curve, and what's your biggest takeaway? Learning curve uh, would be, in, I guess, the biggest thing for me is just a whole new appreciation of what it takes to go into it. Yeah. And I don't even know, like just in today, my mind's been blown at everything that goes into making a TV show. Yeah. Because all of my stuff's been web-based and all that. And it's... Something that I've had to, like, you have to truly enjoy what you're doing and the adventure of what you're doing and the people you're doing it around it in this industry because 95% of people are not going to appreciate what you just made. No, I'd say more than 95%. Yeah, probably yeah. 99% of them because they don't know what went into it. Yeah. And it's like when you, you know, when I was starting out and you show your fans or something, a video, your family, a video you did, and you're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And it's like. Cool. Cool. That's yeah, it. That's like, it. I man, spent two months on this. I, yeah. yeah. I spent like everything, all of my creative juice. And then, uh, I don't know. It's so you have, I have such a newfound appreciation for things that I see that are done right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, man, that, that cruise, those people have got a good eye for it. They did it right. And, you know, I don't know. It's just a newfound appreciation for it and a, and a joy to learn how everything that goes in behind that. Um, my biggest takeaway from it would probably be you got to love the process of it because if you only ever see that end, the ending of it, it goes away too fast. Mm -hmm. and as soon as you're done with one, you got to do another one. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, if you don't enjoy getting there, and you ain't gonna, you can't revel in the end of it long enough. Well, it's so it's and, and it's hard to explain because I have family members of mine that still have no idea what it is that I, that I exactly do, and I I can't get them to understand it. But it's like when they ask, it's like we provide a service and we create a product, mm -hmm. and they're like, well, what do you mean? I was like, we create a service to where we travel around with people, we film hunts and and trips and films and commercials and products and take lots of pictures. I was like. And that's our service is us being there with the camera in hand. I was like, but then we take those images and those videos and we create a product with them. So we're a service-based industry as well as a product industry. So we, 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 we have both. And that's something that's, I mean, I would say that's fairly, and I wouldn't say rare, but I think about the terms in retail. It's like, well, they sell something. Mm -hmm. they were, you know, they don't. Or a service like a plumber, they provide a service. They don't have. They don't actually create a product. They have a service. 
Yeah. Whereas we do both and we have to be able to be good at both. We have to understand the marketing side. We have to understand the, the personality side. Uh, we have to understand the ego side. We have to understand the logistics. We have to understand the, you know, the economics of all of it. It's in, mm-hmm. then you've got to deal with music license. Then you got to deal with insurance. You got to deal with fuel. You got to do, I mean, there's, there's just so much more to it than what the general population, which still most of my, my family thinks I do, which is I go film people shoot deer mm-hmm. and that's all I do. It's like, and no, then you come back and magically there's a video. Yeah, no, yeah. The, it isn't in the camera. Can't you do that with your phone though? You can do it with your phone, right? So it, it just it's it's so hard, and it's essentially you have to educate people on the question. You can't just answer the question. Well, I own a production company and we film outdoor content. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? You know, ninety five percent of people are clueless as to what that means. When I when I edited my first television show and we had a watch party for it, um, all my family came over. My mother in law didn't understand how there was a, sh- a channel dedicated just to hunting shows. She's like, there's a whole channel for this? I'll never forget it. And I'm like, yeah, there's actually a couple of them. Blown away. No idea. Yeah. So it's it's the whole education part of it, and it's different. I mean, it is hard to explain to some people what exactly it is we do. I mean, sometimes I don't know what we do. <laughs> sometimes oh. I have to ask myself that question. And I think it's hard, too, because, like, you think about how much time you spend maybe obsessing over something and and how wrapped up in a project you get. And uh, I don't think that people really, like, understand that. Mm-hmm. Is there, or how invested you are in yeah, it. They're like, yeah, they're why, like, why are you angry today? Well, my edit's not working. Yeah. Why don't you just leave the office? Because right now my brain is, I am. it's working right now. Mm-hmm. My edit is working right now. I can't go home right now. Mm-hmm. And, like, to most people who have, a job where they show up and then they're there for a few hours and they leave. Like, it just doesn't make sense. But for, I think, creatives, it's like, it, it's super hard to explain that. Like, yeah. why I have to stay here, why I'm always thinking about the project, yeah. why I'm always doing this or doing that. And it just is a whole process that yeah. is just so foreign to everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when Thomas, you're my. F- you're, I guess if I had to default to what my favorite type of videographer, filmmaker, whatever it is, it's somebody, and especially in this industry, is somebody who started hunting first and then got into the video later versus somebody. Because oh, yeah. finding someone That's who... That's Ryer's problem. <laughs> he couldn't leave it alone, could he? That's Josh from the top row. That's the... Uh, <sighs> I that, mean, that's the here's heart. the thing, Clay, is remember when you, remember when you came here and... Man, I'd hate to bring this up, but how many people how many people asked you where I was? <laughs> oh, that's when about. you when you came on the trips, huh? Yeah, it's just because you're ugly. <laughs> remembered you what you look like. Anyway, <laughs> but anyway, like I, 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 I don't come I can't, for me. I can't believe it's so hard to find people that are creative that also understand hunting because I can find people all day that are creative. I can find people all day that know how to hunt but that can do both mm-hmm. and then deal with personalities, be on time, answer their phone, all the other little things that we talked about. Mm-hmm. So rare, man. I know a lot of incredibly talented people that I'll never hire again because they won't answer their phone. Yep. They won't get back to me. They won't do the little things. Um, several of them that we've had work with us that I'm like, yeah, can't get that guy to answer the phone or give me a straight answer. 
can't use him again. I don't care how talented he is. I just can't. I can't deal. And you can't run a business that way. No. It's so hard to find a creative who also understands those aspects. And somebody who does. Invaluable. Invaluable. They really are. If somebody was asking me right now how to get into this, I would say the most important thing is who you know. Mm -hmm. Because as in any business, in any venture or whatever, networking is invaluable. Mm -hmm. How you relate to people and how they remember you speaks worlds of you. And being on time, answering the phone, making sure that they know that you're busting your butt for it Mm -hmm. will go a lot farther than you blowing them out of the park Mm -hmm. with the editor, with the film or whatever. You don't have to be the best videographer. You don't even have to be the best editor if you do all those things. They will let not being the best editor and videographer slide Mm -hmm. if if they know they can count on you, if they know you'll answer the phone, and they know you'll do what you say you're going to do. If you say, I'll be there at 7 o'clock, I'll be there at 7 o'clock. If I say I'm going to be done with this at 4 o'clock, be done with it at 4. And if you're not, you better give me a good reason why you're not. Yeah. You know, what, whatever the, the case may be. But it's not hard, mm-hmm. you know, on the on the surface. But turns out a lot of people find it very hard. Well, it's just, it's in this world, like instead of like a 9 to 5 going to an office job where you're being watched the whole time, where you're not the one having to make the decisions on when you go to lunch, when mm-hmm. you do all that it's like you get all you get is a deadline Mm -hmm. but you have all these unspoken expects expectations and Mm -hmm. they always change for the different people you film it with yeah and their attitudes are gonna be different their personality is gonna be different and it's like you got to mold and fit to all that and deliver the same thing every time well and but and on top of that you have to deliver something that's very subjective Mm -hmm. not only to you but to them because sometimes and we've had this happen with clients where we we, we present them with something that we thought was their vision, that we mixed our vision with, that they see, and they're like, that's not at all what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, what wires got crossed here? Or then we do something, you know, based on information that we have, maybe not something we want to do, and we present it to the client, and they're like, well, why did you do that? You know, because that creative space, there's not a there's not a perfect black and white of this shot goes here, this shot goes here, this shot goes here, mm-hmm. you're done. It's a, it's a creative space in the edit and in, and in the shooting process. The shooting process is, you know, 75% of it, in my opinion. If it's shot, shot really well, the edit virtually does itself. But it's a, a, good sh- a great shooter can make a good editor better. Mm-hmm. A great shooter and a great editor can make something extraordinary. So it takes, it takes both, but you can't be handed junk footage and make a great edit out of it. You just can't. But oh. it, that, that's subjectivity is what's really hard for a lot of people. It's the unknown. And I struggle with the unknown to this day is you have a television show about a certain subject and, you know, and, and I know Ryer has struggled with this too. Cause I know I have is you have these great grand ideas of these abstract thoughts or this really cool storyline you want to run with. And then you run with it and then the client sees it and they're like, mm, I don't Not see it. I, I don't like it. Mind. Not what I had in mind. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Then it's back to the drawing board. Then you got to do it all over again. So it's it's always this give and take of how creative can I be, but do I have to stay within the box of my client? Because essentially that's what you're hired to do. You're hired to do what the client wants you to do. If we were all just out there willy-nilly filming what we wanted to do, it would look a lot different than what the clients have. Yeah. I think I think a big thing is communication yep. on the front end of trying to get the same vision. Yeah. Like you said, there's no black and white. You ain't ever going to get it all figured yep. out, and it's up to you to take what they have envisioned and what they've told you and their personality and and then form that vision. 
and sometimes hope for the best, but the more communication on the front end you can do with them and the more the more you talk to them throughout the edit, at least for me, that makes the end process a lot better. Yeah. And it but but also sometimes the people you work with, it's hard to get feedback with them. So, you know, but if you're blessed enough and you get to work with good people, they feedback good and it, and then it makes that edit that go that much faster. Yeah. Cuz you know you're on the right track. Yeah. You got anything else, anybody? I think it's <clears throat> I think uh it's interesting that you said there's not like any particular way that um something's supposed to go together, right? Well, yeah, because we have people ask us all the time, well, how'd you do that? It's right. Like, I don't, don't figure it out. Well, you know? and and sometimes like sometimes after a day editing, you go you ever go home after a day editing and you're just beat. You feel like you got you were in a fight that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've tried to figure out like why is that? And I've, for me, I found that it's almost the same feeling as when, like, if you were to spend eight hours in a grocery store trying to pick out groceries, like, that's kind of the same feeling. And the reason it is is because think of how many decisions you make every single second Mm -hmm. of an edit. Like, all day you're making decisions, Mm -hmm. like, really minute decisions about like a shot when it needs to start, when it needs to end, what sound goes there, what shot goes before and after that, how to time it. I mean, you're making thousands and thousands of decisions <laughs> every day. Oh yeah. And you do that all day at the end of the day your brain is like I, I'm done. I don't want to think about anything else because you've just been rolling steamrolling through decisions yeah. all day. Oh yeah. And and it's kind of one of those things is like it's really hard to make decisions if you don't even know what the end product is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like if you go to the store and you don't know what you're trying to cook, you can't you, pick out it, the it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. If you don't go to the store and you don't know how much money <laughs> I, I have to spend and how much or what I need to walk away from the store with, it's really, you, you're you're a bowl in a china shop. You don't mm-hmm. know what to get. Yeah. But if you go to the store and you're well, like, I'm okay. like that every time I go to the grocery store. Right. If I wouldn't have a wife, I'd starve to death. <laughs> restaurants <laughs> and restaurants and a wife, I'd starve to death. That's that's true. But if you go to the store and you got twenty dollars and you're like, okay, I I want I need I'm gonna make chicken parm. Like that's what it needs to be. See and that scares me to even to think about having to go about making chicken parmesan for myself. I don't know how to do it, so I can't tell you if it's easy or hard. But <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, if yeah. if that's what you knew you had to do, yeah. you'd be able to go, okay, I need these things. And now you're, the amount of decisions that you have to make goes from 40000 to like 10000 Yeah, and It's mm-hmm. the same thing with, with going into an edit with a plan or kind of having a better idea of what the client wants the end product to look like and knowing kind of what you have to work with. Yeah, you, but you've you can got, approach like, it. Like we've talked about all the filters and, and, and inputs that we get. Mm-hmm. We get client inputs. Our inputs, music inputs, sponsor inputs, people that the client lets watch it, their inputs. There's there's all these filters things have to go through, and you've got to make all of them happy. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's hard. And then you do it in a 22 and a half minute, you know, edit. There's and a lot. There's, there's a, lot a lot of stuff of things that yeah. that you can get wrong. Well, that would that would intimidate me. A it lot. intimidated me the first time too, but it's it's just like anything else. I get your feet wet, do it, figure it out. Fake, but fake it it's exactly it. right, you know. Um, but it, it's it's not as bad as it seems. I'll never forget the first time I saw an editing program open with all the clips in the timeline. I'm like, there's no way I can do this. 
no possible way. Mm-hmm. And now nine nine years later, still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I enjoy it, and I don't see myself doing anything else. Um, I enjoy being in the field. I enjoy the management side of it. I don't enjoy the editing as much anymore, even though I'm kind of in the role of trying to finish shows right now instead of editing them, just because I don't have the time to sit down and edit shows start to finish. Not with as much crap as we've got going on. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get there. I just don't. I just don't see it happening. Um, but you know, having support like Clay and Ryer helps tremendously. And then, you know, we're you ever the, notice how every time you say Clay and Ryer, my name's always first. Well, I think it's because it's alphabetically. Not you just want me to start saying Ryer and Clay? Just because I'm better? Or? Oh, God. He's just trying. He's trying to poke the bear. Well, see, the thing is, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to attack him because I don't feel threatened. <laughs> Clay has to try to attack you me. You two today are on another level with your shirt, <laughs> plural, your shirt, and the patterning, and then your shirt buckled. Buckle, I've gotten a lot top. of compliments on this shirt. From who? Big dad vibes. Yeah, lots of people. Dad vibes. Well, that and your your holster for your phone. <laughs> you ever see somebody? You Caleb, you were like, I need somebody who's efficient at answering the phone. And, and I was like, <laughs> He's got a thing. It, this was this what this how this how the interview went between me and Caleb. He called me up. He said, Hey, you know, I'm really looking for somebody who can answer the phone. I said, Hang up the phone and call me and time how long it takes. <laughs> And he couldn't this even get it. He couldn't happened. even get it started. You know why? Because I I got that thing on my hip. Boom! Answered. <laughs> like it doesn't even get half a ring. I Boom! Out to my ear. Me. Answered. You Hello. Did, who was it that you answered in the shower? Jamie. Brock. Brock. Was it Brock? Oh, I've answered. <laughs> Look, I've answered. Why do you phone. have your phone in the shower? I listen to music. In the shower, you can't put it on like the counter outside the at shower. At that time, at that time, I didn't have a Bluetooth speaker for in the shower, or my Bluetooth speaker was dead, so I just like had my phone kind of up in the shower somewhere because you can't put it outside the shower and listen to music. It's not loud enough. Whatever. So I put it in the shower. I've I've answered calls from clients on <clears throat> on dates, uh, in the shower. Uh, Brock called me one time at like. 11.45 at night. No, he calls me at 11.45 at night all the time. So, I mean, that, and look. I mean, no one I, ever calls me. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. So, uh, anyway. That's because I know. I keep so, that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's, let's see. <laughs> He's strapped. <laughs> Stay strapped, get clapped. Stay strapped. <laughs> you just got, that's the sound. <clears throat> That's the sound of a professional right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, my hold God. on, before we end this thing, because I can already, I can tell you're, you're, you're. Well, we've been talking for an hour and six minutes. Look, that's nothing. <laughs> we do this for another three. No challenge. <laughs> I don't know. It's hot in here now. It is getting I'm a hot. little toasty. What happened? I don't know. Our air cut off and hand cut back on. You know what I think it is? Me and the shirt. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting deep in here. Yeah, Hon- honestly, honestly, I think I think it's me and the shirt and Thomas in those shorts. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why am I the only normal person here? I don't see anything wrong with those shorts. I don't know, man. Those are some short shorts. I don't Look, know if I could deal with I that. I'm trying to bring back the Magnum P.I. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm doing. Selleck. All right, yeah, if I had his shirt on. That plus about, those shorts? About a foot taller <laughs> and a big old mustache <laughs> and a Ferrari. We'd be good to go. Yeah, exactly. And my name was Tom Selleck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So, oh, so Selleck. here we didn't. I I want him to do the VO voice. Oh, I forgot. With your yeah. sayings, oh, and then I need you to translate them to me. All right, we'll do. You just pull out a couple of them. Well, if we do the <coughs> see the thing is, if you do the the announcer voice, you can't. You got to have enough pronunciation in it, so it's not super twangy. It's just, just do your just do your just, just do your best. It's just best. All right, just do it. Just P- do it. Just PG read it. Read a couple only. of them. Yeah. PG so, only. So for reference. I have a list of uh, sayings in my phone that I've heard Wait. from my dad. Why don't, okay, we'll do we'll do the best we'll do well, the best of both worlds. Why don't you? Where's the script for the Mike's Archery ad? It's and on have there. him read it. It's on in there. the announcer voice, and then we'll do these. Okay, that's fine. Because <clears throat> why like not? I'm getting set on stage here, man. <laughs> I'm I ain't come, you know, for all this. <laughs> well, you uh, shouldn't have showed me that you could do that voice. Well, I was like, hey, these boys might need some voiceover work. Let me show them, see if he thinks this is cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I'm, and look where that got you. Yeah. Well, let me see if I can find it. I apparently deleted it off here because we read it. Let me see if I can find the email. To, or I might have texted it to Travis here. Hold on a second. <clears throat> Travis. How did, you, how did you discover that talent? So I had a, I had a guy um, – when I shot a, a ranch piece, I was doing the sale lot videos. I don't know if y'all have ever been to a mm-hmm. cattle sale, but they bring them in one at a time. Yep. Well, a lot of it's digital now, so they have. I just text it to you. They have videos <coughs> live streaming the sale lot, and then they have videos for the pre-sale where we walk cows one at a time through, and we video each cow, and you watch her walk to make sure nothing's wrong with her, and then. Prior to the sale, those are on the website so that you can go in and look at the cow, make sure she's healthy, she's got good feet, good body structure, all of the above. And so we was doing that video, and then I was like, "Well, let me let me do a, a piece that I would like a fun piece, like a like a mini doc about the farm, like mm-hmm. just a one minute, thirty second, whatever. Just video them working cows, and then I was like, let's." say who you are in the video and i was like well they had a piece in the sale catalog kind of describing their mission statement Mm -hmm. i was like i want you to read it robin the owner Mm -hmm. and he was like you read it and i was like okay (laughs) (laughs) so i just grabbed my brother's like gaming headset with a, a usb thing on it and i just played with it and did it as best I could, yeah. and they really liked it. So I sat on that for a few years, and then when I started doing stuff freelance, uh, I threw some stuff in just on a little bit. Like uh, I did an edit when they were hunting in in uh, Tennessee, and I did a little make it sound like I was an old radio announcer. Mm-hmm. Played some back, and they were like, "What? Where'd you find that?" And I was like, "Well, I didn't find it. I made it." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, I just I don't know. I started to get doing it and thought it well you need to get on fiverr cool. or something and start selling yeah, voiceover. That's what they told me make good money doing it don't take no time so i start reading they are once all right where do i start reading here very top yeah redneck, you just start from the top redneck tech podcast mm-hmm. is brought to you by yep all yep. right i gotta read into it otherwise i get messed up all right he's about to put me out of a job yeah he is <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I got to get one off where I can hear myself. All right. You put me on the now spot. Now, keep this here. in. How old are you? 24. Keep keep in mind, what you're about to hear is coming out of the mouth of a 24 year old. 
Redneck Tech Podcast is brought to you by Mike's Archery. They are one-stop shop for virtually everything archery, bow hunting, and for your next adventure in the outdoor industry. It's pretty good. I told you. I told you. <laughs> it's better in the morning when I wake up because it's deeper then. But when I'm editing, I can do it then. <laughs> All right. Read me a couple of these in just your natural voice, and I'll interpret. So what this is. No, is, hold on. I want to say what I think it oh means. Oh, God. Okay. Because oh, I'm the local Yankee, right? You're going to give yourself that title? That's fine. You've, I didn't say You've it. said I am. I don't, say, me I don't that. say you're a Yankee. I say you're a Westerner. Okay, I'm a Westerner. You don't want to be a Yankee. I'm fine with being a Westerner. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say what I think it means, and then you can tell me what, what, it, what it means. Okay. <laughs> this is Southern Sayings. I got to find. <laughs> that's, that's what you wanted to say? Yeah. Oh. Well, he sounded right. like he was about to start talking. So, so Southern Sayings, this, these are things that I've heard my dad, my granddad, my mom, family members say over the years, and people outside that I've heard since then. I've just tried to keep up with sayings. So Thomas is going to read the saying, and then I'm going to interpret what it is, and he's just going to read two or three of them, and I'll mm-hmm. give you the interpretation. Um, this one was from your dad, and it's stoved up as a foxhound. Yeah, stoved up as a foxhound. So that's when well, you – Well, I know. Oh, so you want to try yeah. and interpret – okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't know uh, this was a three-pronged thing, so go mm-hmm. ahead. <clears throat> I know stoved up. It's like you've been sitting for a while, and you're kind of sore mm-hmm. from, from having sat for mm-hmm. so long. Yeah. So it's essentially what it is. Is like and you're really sore and beat up, like a, a a foxhound that's been out running foxes all day, and they'll come and lay by the fire and just roll up, and it's stoved up as a foxhound. That's what it is. That's is that right. where the stoved part of it comes from? I think so, because they're laying by the stoved, stoved up as a foxhound. They come out at the end of the day and lay next to the fire and try and get warmed up from running all day. I did good on that one. You did okay. Seventy-five. <laughs> C. That's a good one. I don't know if I can read that. <laughs> There's a couple of them don't, yeah, we that you keep. don't need to read on the podcast. Uh, are there that many bad ones? Well, <laughs> I thought there were some G-rated ones in there. Uh, there are a bunch of them, but I'm trying to find one that might be hard for him to figure out. Oh, okay. What they mean. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. How many? I, I need to. I should have numbered Dude, them. There's a lot. There's <laughs> got to be at least 75 in here. <laughs> there's a bunch. And I always ask anytime I meet somebody from South because I was going to ask you if you knew of some that weren't in there. Oh, well, there's a lot in here that I ain't heard of. <laughs> that's good. I think that's the mountain people yeah. coming out the of The Appalachian. The Appalachian. Yeah. It's a different dialect. It truly is. There when is you no... meet real Appalachian well, people. Well, as my daddy says, you go down to L.A., lower Alabama, they got a different way of oh, talking Lord, to you. And yeah. then you got the the coon asses in Louisiana. They're completely different. Mm-hmm. It's, it's every Put section. Put crack of dude. Oh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> that's it. I can't do I can't do the the coon ass one I can't do that one at oh, all. I, I can't even try that because I mean that's half French. <laughs> Boy, that's it is true. That's a uh, uh, Yater, Alan Yater, the guy that will go with bow fishing and with a um, that dude. He's straight up. Really? Oh yeah, big time. Ebra, hey, Ebra, hey, <laughs> dude. He's he's funny. Uh. I ain't heard this one. Let me highlight it make sure it's all right to say. <laughs> <laughs> Just put your cursor next to it and I'll look. All right, that one. Oh, yeah, that one's fine. Okay. I ain't heard that one before. That ran through me like a dose of salt through a window woman. Widow woman. A widow woman. That ran through me like a dose of salt through a widow woman. There you go. 
Does that mean you have diarrhea? Yeah. That's, that's what that okay, means. Okay, say it slowly. That ran through me like a dose of salts through a widow woman. Sauce or salt? Salts. Salts. Mm-hmm. What's a dose of salts? Oh, it's it, like a laxative. Yeah, it's like a laxative. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. And my dad used to say it ran through me like a dose of salts through a widow woman. Anytime I go to... <laughs> Now, anytime I go to Osaka, is, I need the yum yum sauce. That's what happens. Is there a difference between it going through going through a woman with a husband who's still alive? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just the alliteration and like do like do widows get worse diarrhea? <laughs> I don't know. That's just how I always heard it my whole life. <laughs> See, some of these I'm like, I don't just logically where do you come up yeah, with that? And, and my dad heard them from his granddad, and he's like, I don't know where they came from. It's just what I've heard my whole life. This one says that will be on the buffet line in heaven. Yep. I know that one. It means it's real good because Caleb good. says it yeah. occasionally. Yeah, if it was any better, when, if it was any better, the good Lord would have took him with him when he went. Huh? If it was any better, the good Lord would have took it with him when he yeah. went. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do the snake one. <laughs> Which That's, snake one? I don't hit know a lick of a snake. Oh, he, he, he <laughs> That's my favorite. He don't hit a lick of a snake. He don't do anything. Yeah, Caleb said Lazy. that one tonight. You'll live. You just won't look like nothing. Oh, yeah. My daddy'd say that all the time. Is that so? It means you'll get through it, but it, no. But it, no. Anytime me and my brother would like skin our knee or fall down or have a bloody nose or something, my daddy'd be, get up. You'll live. You just won't look like nothing. What does that mean? You won't look like nothing. It just means you'll you be beat up. You'll be scarred. beat up and ugly. You know? He said, You'll live. You just ain't going to look like nothing. Oh. Yeah. You're not going to look like nothing good. Yeah. yeah. I got you. I was trying to think of how something looks a, like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking about it very literally. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Thomas. There you go. Thank you for hanging out with us. Well, Appreciate most of the day. Heck, you, heck, you got here five hours ago. <laughs> He's still here. We ain't going to let him leave. All right. That's all we got, guys. Peace.